This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. bondservant of Jesus Christ. Whatever I do and how I live, it is for my Savior. I've been set free, free from the bondage of sin. I've been set free from the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. I've surrendered my life. And as a servant, he's at the will of his master. We're at the will of Christ. What does it mean to be bound to Christ? Pastor Eddie teaches you today that just like you are bound to your spouse in marriage, salvation binds you as a servant of Jesus. Living a Christian life means serving Jesus unconditionally, not from a place of fear or control, but from a place of gratitude for the gift of salvation. It's a gift that can never be repaid. But you have the opportunity to willingly serve Christ for the rest of your life. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 1. As he continues his message, Introduction to the book of James. Two things are common in a believer in Jesus Christ. We will go through trials and tribulations, right? That's one thing. And we're going to be tested. We'll be tested and we'll go to trial. Those are things that are inevitable. You're going to, it's going to happen throughout your life. But what's going to help you through those things that is faith. It's faith. And so we're not going to look into uh, you know, deep uh, doctrinal insights, but I guarantee you, you will be hammered, hit hard <laughs> by uh, James. And it's going to be a tough and uncomfortable study in some areas. Um, and I could tell you this right now. If James was a pastor today, he would not have anybody in the pews. We have gone so far, but I think that's important for us to know, hey, we need to stay the course. We need to call sin what sin is. If God calls it sin, regardless of how culture changed, God doesn't change the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God calls it sin, we, it is sin. They want to be politically correct by labels, labeling certain things like alternative lifestyles, of calling it homosexuality, or abortion, and call it pro-choice. Now, call it what you may, it's sin, and God considers it sin, it's going to be sin. And even for us, as we live as Christians, we're going to say we're Christians? Well, how much of a Christian are you? And James is going to do that in this book. He's going to show that. Now, let's look at the theme. The theme of the book of James, uh, we'll see that by two key uh, passages, three verses. Um, first, we see in James chapter 2, verse 14, James write this. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, this passage of, of Scripture has had uh, some old, uh, you know, 400 years ago, uh, scholars um, study like Martin Luther. Martin Luther, when he first read the book of James, he felt it shouldn't be in the Bible because he misunderstood 
uh, you would think he's a theologian, right? <laughs> you, your mind couldn't be that polluted with social media back then, right? So you would think, but you know, later on, you know, he, he, he changed a little bit. Yeah, Martin Luther became an anti-Semite, you know, some of the materials he wrote. Um, there were some things he had good, but some things that were really bad. Again, no one is perfect. We all have feet of clay. But he didn't believe in this passage because uh, he misunderstood the work part. And so let's look at the other key verse, James chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. James chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. He says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith with my works. And so it's been taken on the context. In other words, what James is saying here, what he's saying here, we're going to see that as we rightly divide the word of truth and compare with all scriptures, looking at the text clearly, um, what he's saying, faith without works is dead. Without works is dead. So some people will look at that, isn't that contradictory? Isn't it it's contrary to what the Apostle Paul tells us, who's the champion of grace, right? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, we're saved by grace, not through faith, less, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Um, yeah, we're, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about after salvation, the evidence of your faith. And that is the key thing. We're going to be convicted here because it's going to really put you in a place where, hey, you know what? I have faith. I'm saved. I, it wasn't by works. But how I live in faith and how I honor God in my faith, I walk by faith, right? I live by faith. Everything is by faith. My testimony, everything I do, whether I serve and I love people, what I do to be more Christ-like, to have compassion, it's the evidence of your faith. And so James is not saying it is faith and works that save the man. He ignores he's saying faith or works, but what he is saying, it is faith that works. And that's pretty much the theme of the book of James, faith that works, not faith unto salvation. We've been saved. Not by works, not by religion, not by rituals, because Christ did the work for us on the cross. Anything uh, that you're taught or people share uh, is a, a Christ and doctrine, Christ and do this, Christ and do that. No, the Messiah Jesus fulfilled the work of salvation. He himself was a, a sacrifice for our sins. He did the work of the cross. To add anything to your belief, to your faith in Christ Jesus, is really to say that Jesus did not complete the work of the cross. And that's some serious stuff. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he didn't say, uh, take it from here, guys. I got us this far. Now you do part two, part three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No. He said, tell us die. It is finished. The work of salvation is finished. So we didn't have to do anything for salvation. Just simply believe and accept him as Lord and Messiah. And now, because we are saved, we have faith. And the evidence of that is what we do for the Lord. The evidence of that is to live for Christ. And so be it's faith in action. It's faith in action. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 24, he writes this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. We're going to study this maybe in two Sundays from now. We don't know. 
deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observed himself, goes away, and immediately forget what kind of man he is. So we hear the word. We study the word. The question is, are you living it? Are you doing it? That's where James is going to go. That's a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you, I tell you, bring your elbow pads. James is going to hit us hard, and, and hopefully that it, it's good. You know, it, you know, you prune a tree in order for it not to die and grow, right? You need it, you know? And so that's what James is going to do. So, you know, before we begin out, you know, we're going to start out verse by verse study. We read the text, right? We looked at the background of the book of James, right? We looked at the author. Uh, we know a little bit about which James it is and who James was. And we looked at the recipients. We looked at the date. We looked at the reason for uh, the letter. We looked at the theme in a couple of key verses. Now let us begin our journey in studying the book of James verse by verse. So we're going to study chapter 1, verse 1, okay? Chapter 1, verse 1. James writes this, James a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, after we've studied the life of James, don't now you know him, you get a sense, I know this James now. I know a little bit, I really know him now. He is the half-brother Jesus, didn't believe, and that's why the background is so important. So now you know how his life, how he changed. Because when we read this, he opens his letter in a humble fashion. He humbled himself. It's very humble. This introductory, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He introduced himself. But notice he didn't introduce himself as the half-brother of Jesus. I mean, if it was me, I would have done that. <laughs> I said, Eddie, a bondservant of God. <laughs> You know, I am the brother of Jesus, the half-brother. You know, I can tell you a lot. I could write a little biography. You want to know about Jesus? I could really tell you about Jesus. But, you know, he humbled himself. He didn't say, he didn't call, he didn't, no relation to him. But he considered himself a bondservant. A bondservant. He humbled himself. He said, forget about this brother stuff. <laughs> I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ and of God. And so the word bond servant here is the Greek word doulos, doulos. And it, it's a slave, is a bondman devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. And what is a bond servant? It means a lot more back in those days of Jesus. We're not talking about a couple of years ago we look at slavery. But this was a slave. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, the law was that you can have a slave for six years, but after six years, that slave is to be set free. That was the law in the Old Testament. They could have a slave. And there were many, many slaves, even during the time of Christ. As a matter of fact, doctors would consider slaves to their masters. Lawyers would consider slaves and accountants. So it wasn't the way we use slave, but it was one that's willing to, that serves. But here is a bond servant. A bond servant is one who's bond to their master. It means it's a slave to be willingly uh, at the will uh, of the master. Because after the six years are up, the slave may say, you know what? My years is up. I can go. I can walk out. I'm no longer a slave anymore. I can go ahead. I'm going to go to Hawaii. 
I'm done. I'm retired, you know. But he probably would say, you know what? My master's been really good to me. He's been really good to me. And it's because of him I have a wife and kids. I love the benefits, the 401k plan, you know. I love it all. And, and I don't want to leave my master. I am free. But I choose now to be a bondservant to my master. And what they would do is they would take, you know, if, well, let's read Exodus chapter 21. It's in Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. It's where you find this. It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 and 6, but if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost of his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So what they would do is they say, you know what? I don't want to be free. I love my master. They go to the judges or they'll go to the priests and they say, listen, we're making an agreement here. You know, my servant who's free to go now. And he's going to say, yep, this is my master. I choose to stay with him. You know what? He's been really good to me. I love my master. Notice the word there in Exodus. I love my master. So it wasn't an abusive thing. We tend to have a negative thing, a connotation when we think of the word slave and master. And so they would take the earlobe and go to the doorpost of the house or the gate of the town. They would put a hole and they would put an earring on it. So whenever you walked around those days and you saw a servant and he had an earring, you knew that his time was up, but he chose to stay with his master. It's a symbol, a ring. It's like a symbol of marriage, ring. I'm bound to my wife. My wife is bound to me. In the same way, just as, you know, the servant, the bond servant here, uh, looking at this as far as application, we have been pierced. Not at the doorposts of the door of a door or town, but at the wooden beam at the cross of Jesus. We have been pierced to Christ. So I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Whatever I do and how I live, it is for my Savior. I've been set free, free from the bondage of sin. I've been set free from the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. I've surrendered my life. And as a servant, he's at the will of his master. We're at the will of Christ. The servant has nothing. He owns nothing. But his master has everything. Isn't that like for you and I? I'm not talking about your material things because that's going to all burn up one day. You can't take it to the grave with you, right? I think Billy Graham said it best. I never saw a Hertz with a U-Haul truck attached to it, right? (laughs) But is us being with Christ because I can do nothing apart from Jesus and that's what Jesus spoke when he spoke to us. And he gave us the parable of the, uh, the vineyard, the vine, in, in John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We have been crucified with Christ, Paul says. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
We have been crucified. So James identified himself as a bondservant. And saints, listen, that's what we are to be. How many of us has been set free, right? But we decide to go our own way. Well, I'm saved. I'm born again. You know, I accepted Christ. But I want to live my life my way. We need to be nailed to the cross with Jesus. We need to have our ears pierced, our hearts pierced, right? You know, as Paul says, circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the heart. The outward thing is all temporary. Anybody could do it out of ritual, but really their hearts could be corrupt. But the piercing of the heart. Here, James, I am a bondservant. James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not saying, bro, he calls his brother, bro, Jesus, Lord. And now he goes on to say, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. So James is referring to the Jewish believers, uh, again, who have been scattered throughout the world. And we know this. We know that they're Jewish, number one. We know that they're believers, number two. Because number one, James says in James chapter 2, verse 1, verse 21. James chapter 2, verse 21. This is what James says in the letter. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? And so he identifies as a Jew. He says, Abraham was our father. But here's the faith also in that verse. You find also in the verse his point about this work, faith and works. Abraham was justified when he was told to sacrifice his son. That was his faith. That was the work he did to prove that he believed Okay, and so, but remember in Genesis chapter 15, I believe, where, is it 15 or 12, when the Lord, when, when, uh, the Lord said, when he believed in the Lord, he said, Abraham, go leave your, fa- your family, leave your country, and leave everything. And, he, and the scripture says, and he believed in God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. That's why not only he's called, the Lord said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, plural. Not, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation or nation. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So Father Abraham was back in Genesis. We saw that he was, a, he was the father of the Jews, the Hebrews. He was also a father of Ishmael. You know, Hagar, right? She came in the picture, how that mess was. But he's also the father of faith. Right? Because didn't have a Bible. It wasn't written. Moses wasn't even in the picture. But he believed in God. It was counted from righteousness. So those are two things we can see. So we know that the recipients of this letter were Jewish. And second, we know that they were believers in Christ. What does he say in verse 1? It's clear. James, who's Jew, a bondservant of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a follower of Jesus. So he's a Jew and follow Jesus. In James chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My brethren, he's speaking to brethren here, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. So he's speaking that word brethren. He's talking to those who have the same things in common. So in general, James wrote to all who came to faith in Messiah Jesus Christ, and for all the people, whether Jews or Gentiles, when the Lord chose the people of Israel, they were chosen to bring forth the Messiah. They were to be a light to all nations, and all will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
Um, and so he is writing to believers, and we know that because 19 times he addresses the reader as brethren. They have something in common. They have a kononia. They believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in the Messiah, Jesus. And so he continues this salutation with the word greetings. And it's a common Greek salutation, much like the English word as we say in our, in our vernacular today, hello, a welcome. And you find many of the greetings in the scriptures is uh, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Usually Paul writes that. The, the greeting is really theological. Grace and peace. Because you can't have peace without grace, right? And so what he did was he combined a Greek greeting and a Hebrew greeting. Grace, kiris, kiris right? May you, may you have a day better than you deserve. And then the Hebrew greeting, peace, shalom. So it's charis and shalom, and it's theological. And so he begins his opening of the letter with greeting. And so let's read verse 1 again. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who were scattered abroad, greetings. And so the message of James, which is the theme, is faith that works. Faith that, that works. And as you go home today, remember your, the study this morning. Take time with the Lord where you can study the word of God. But understand, you know, just examine your life. Say, Lord, am I showing examples of faith in my life? It was my faith that made me one with you. I've been born again. I've been right with God through the sacrifice of the cross of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. But am I living a life where there's evidence that I do have faith? Am I putting my faith into action? Am I loving and caring for those that are in need? You know, James goes on to say, hey, you know, you tell someone, hey, you know, someone who's hungry. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Someone's hungry. Go be filled and be blessed. You tell that to someone who doesn't have food who's homeless in the street. No, what he's saying is if you know they're hungry, do something about it. You know, quite often we'll say, oh, I'll pray for you, and we really don't pray. It's a false message, by the way. We need to say, hey, I'll, I'll be praying for you and pray for them. You need help? When I, don't say I'm going to pray that God send somebody. No, you're that somebody. <laughs> oh, somebody else got it. Oh, Pastor Eddie's going to do it. You know, he's got to do everything, right? <laughs> You know, uh, but we together as a family of God, we are here to serve, and that should be evident. You know, our faith should be there. It should be faith that works. We're followers of Christ. We've been saved by faith. We ought to live and walk by faith, and the fruit of your faith is the work of faith. And so we need to set that example. Amen. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? We've learned some great truths about authentic and passionate confidence in God that transcends all the ugly sin in this world and our own selves. We pray that God's Word has touched your heart today and motivated you to continue in the good fight of faith. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. 
We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Would you prayerfully consider donating to this ministry with your finances? Your giving of any size is appreciated more than we can say. If you're able and the Lord is leading you, you'll find a Give tab on our homepage, runningtheraceradio.com. As we're working hard to put the message of Jesus into as many ears as we can, we acknowledge that we can't do it alone. So please pray for open hearts to receive Jesus. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you, so make sure to come back again for more here on Running the Race.